Greetings, Total Reboot listeners, my beautiful Reboot Rats. It is I, Alexi Toliopoulos, speaking to you today with something that is a little bit of an experiment for me. I saw John Wick Chapter 4 in cinemas yesterday. I had a fantastic time. So I want to try something that I've been meaning to do for a little while, which is a little bit of a solo review. Me talking into the mic, talking about a film. And the film I'm talking about, coincidentally, is the one that I saw yesterday and I just mentioned moments ago, live on the podcast. The movie is John Wick Chapter 4. Mr. Wick, I'm going to die. Yeah, not really. John Wick Chapter 4, directed by Chad Stahelski and written by Mike Finch and Shay Hatton, stars Keanu Reeves once again returning to one of his signature roles of Jonathan Wick. With an ever-increasing bounty to his name, John Wick must resort to long-forgotten methods to defeat the elusive high table and earn his freedom. New alliances, new enemies, new locales, and new and exciting ways to see some heads get obliterated in the first face melter of the year. Let me first begin by saying, I had... A truly fantastic time seeing John Wick Chapter 4 in the cinemas. I've kind of been slow getting into this franchise, if I'm honest. I saw the first one not too long after it came out in cinemas. I saw it on its home video release of some kind, and I quite liked it. A lot of people liked it a lot more than me, but there was enough there for me to be curious to kind of keep on going and stick on with this franchise. Most of all is the Keanu Reeves factor. Uh, One of the great action stars returning to this form of highly choreographed action. And Stahelski himself, as one of the great choreographers of action, we know him from the freaking Matrix movies. His collaborations with Keanu Reeves are something that I think are worthy to be in the same conversation as Chow Yun-Fat and John Woo, especially as this series has evolved. I think what really hits me hardest about this series of films, the John Wick chapters, as they shall hence be known, is the way Stahelski has upped his game as a filmmaker, as a director, as a choreographer, as a storyteller with each rendition of the chapters being released into cinemas. John Wick chapter one, as it shall now be known as well, is such a simple stripped back action revenge story. It is so simple on its surface that all of its depth comes through in its style and its really powerful balletic action. The way that those story skills have evolved each time with new factors of tremendous skill for technique and storytelling, but really I got to hammer how hard He evolves with his technique of filmmaking with each one. The way that lighting evolves, the way that it's stripped back storytelling evolves to kind of have these like almost Homer-like poetic journeys that are so simple, just work wonderfully. I have to say, John Wick Chapter 4 
to me, is not only the high point of this franchise, but truly, I think, as I've been exploring action cinema a lot more recently, a lot more in-depth, not just, you know, action cinema from the Western world, but, you know, I've been stepping more into martial arts cinema from history, Hong Kong action cinema, uh, Indian action cinema from Bollywood and Tollywood. I would have to say that... Not only is this a high point in this franchise, it's a high point in Western action cinema. And I know that sounds so hyperbolic, but when you are sitting in that cinema, absorbing this imagery as this film goes on and on. And it goes on and on because this has a rather lengthy runtime. This film runs for 169 minutes. And let me tell you this, dear listener... To me, it earned those. And you know I love a 90-minute fast and hot flick. But this, having this runtime, it's not even like giving you those moments to breathe. It's all about building the absurd epicness of the world building. And I think it builds to something quite satisfying by having that in the balance there. It is absolutely stunning. It is completely gorgeous. The lighting alone shows like such a step up in Stahelski's filmmaking. It's so evocative. It's so colorful and so nicely saturated in the way that it kind of plays in almost like this comic book sense, the way that... The way that Walter Hill would do in stuff like The Warriors and uh, Streets of Fire, I found that really interesting. There's quite a few kind of actual homages to Walter Hill's work that I will get into a little bit later on. But I just think Stahelski is a really fantastic talent. And I actually can't even fathom what he is truly capable of doing. I'd, I'd be really interested to see him use these techniques and maybe... Uh, not even really move outside the action genre, but what he can bring more to that genre, if he can bring a greater emotional death. Because I think one of the great charms for me about the John Wick films is they're kind of (laughs) really hammed up epicness in their kind of dialogue sense. The way that they have like such stripped back dialogue, but everything feels so important. I find so much humor there. I'd be really interested to see what he can do with kind of handling and utilizing that skill to maybe bring a deeper emotional depth or a higher comedic value with a little bit more self-knowing because everything is really there. I don't think you can really go back to that first John Wick film and predict how much it impacts the action scene as far as cinema goes. We've had quite a few imitators come by, but nothing that really strikes the same chord on a macro scale as this. But I don't think you could even really predict how much this franchise would grow in its presentation and skill level. I think I'm going to talk a bit about more of the performances. Keanu Reeves has almost less dialogue in this film than he has throughout the other three John Wick chapters. It's so stripped back. And I think his performance actually gains a lot from it because we just have, are able to re-imprint on this character. There's so much attained knowledge of who he is throughout these films. We know he has this singular goal of freedom now. We know that he's had his heart broken. We know the turmoils that he's faced. And we know that he's got this trapped 
He's trapped into this world uh, of incredible intrigue and in- insane violence. And I think what really works so well with, like, stripping back this character even more is it just allows Keanu Reeves to, like, be this beautiful balletic conduit for the physicality of this role. And I think that has worked so well in this film because he is so incredibly graceful yet so powerfully hard-hitting in the way that he strikes conduct that violence that works so fascinatingly. I I don't think we've ever had a performer quite like him before who has been, you know, people would mock his acting and there's been a lot of times where he's been miscast in movies. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. This is a man who's never freaking told a lie on screen. He believes everything he does. He believes everything that he says. And I think stripping him back in this way with his signature character that is... He is a bit of a threadbare character. He is a few elements brought together by an incredible performer that just work so serenely together. And this has got a wonderful cast. I think what I really appreciate about this is bringing in people from different facets of action cinema. We've got Donnie Yen, who is a highly skilled, highly beloved martial arts performer. Uh, Once again, not unlike Rogue One, doing a blind character uh, who is highly skilled at killing people and... It is a very fun performance from him, but I really, really deeply enjoyed Scott Adkins, who is an English martial artist who has appeared across many direct-to-video action movies, stepping up into this franchise, donning a fat suit, putting on a humongous Euro-trash Berliner accent that is just so exciting and so tantalizing. And I think having these big swings like this in this franchise has been something that I really celebrate about it. I consider the casting of Marta Cascos in the previous John Wick film, John Wick Chapter 3, extra semicolon, parabellum, to be something that actually makes me quite emotional. I grew up watching Marta Cascos's direct-to-video action movies like Drive. And if you haven't seen Drive from 1997 with him and Brittany Murphy, it is a top-tier direct-to-video action movie, if not the top-tier direct-to-video action movie of the 1990s. It is a must-watch. I think kind of giving those people that perhaps lurk in the obscurity of this direct-to-video format beyond the mainstream action fans and in the die-hard action fans, uh, no pun intended, it works to kind of create this sense of community around these films. And I had this emotional response seeing Cascos getting that call to get that leg up as basically the leading secondary villain, the henchman, if you will, of that film made me so freaking happy. And I think seeing Scott Atkins do the same thing here It works so well, and I hope that we continue to see those if this franchise does continue, which I hope it freaking does. The rest of the cast is uniformly great. The character actors that build up the ensemble in John Wick have such a delicious meal to absolutely chew the frick onto because they're so imbued with 
<laughs> this really ridiculous, deep sense of importance, the lines in this film, the lines are so deeply imbued with that, that really silly sense of importance, like how high that high table rises, how connected everything is, how important every line needs to feel, and how dryly they are delivered, I think, are so delightful. We've got some of the great character actors working today in this film, You've got Clancy Brown popping in as this, like, rule-abiding, rule-telling harbinger. You've got the tremendous Ian McShane doing something really silly and crazy. His teeth look absolutely so pearly white and hilarious in this movie. But he just has such a wonderful presence. And you can't really say anything about these character actors in these films without hitting Lance Reddick, who just tragically passed away, who I think has elevated every single thing he's ever been in. He is he was truly just one of the great ensemble players. I think just a tremendous, tremendous talent that just brings the right amount of strong charisma to these kind of things. There's some great newcomers in this film as well. I absolutely loved an actor I was not really familiar with at all. His name is Shamir Anderson, who's appeared in a few things before, but he has some training in martial arts. And he just plays this character that pops up that is almost like a John Wick the Younger, if you will. And I really enjoyed the kind of relationship they build in this adversarial sense that has quite a bit of respect in it that these films often have. But I think what really works for me is the humor for me of seeing these films play with that kind of like how self-serious they are. I think there's just enough of a wink for those to work. And some of those ways those winks come up in like these homages to the Warriors that really got me. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, The Warriors is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. It's this big, sprawling urban fantasy in the style of Homer's Odyssey. And I think John Wick has always taken a lot from that film. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum in particular, I think would have been even better if it just took that one crazy night element of The Warriors and just galloped with it on that horse as far as it could without going to this sidetracking plot point in Morocco with Halle Berry, which is also fantastic, which is why it's hard to criticize that. But that had this kinetic energy that felt so much like the Warriors. Here, that becomes even more direct. We have the last act of this film basically being this one crazy night through Paris that begins with a radio announcement that is shot almost precisely like it is in The Warriors with a DJ calling out the movements of our characters across the airways. And it even kicks off with her announcing a track that's a throwback to the 70s, which is Nowhere to Run from The Warriors soundtrack. And I just thought that nod worked so well in a really not too oblique or on the nose way. But it is what we come to these films is the action, the choreography. And there is so much in this nearly three-hour runtime that even in one of the action sequences would overstuff and overfill a meaner and leaner film. Here, the breaks between the action allow the those truly humongous, tremendous overpowering set pieces to land 
with such grace. They work fantastic. And I think that there is such assuredness to Craig Stahelski's choreography that just feels like each time he's extending and recreating and reinvigorating each one of them. Here, there is so many that are worthy of highlight. There is one up these 200 steps in Paris that fit, feel just powerfully, and that follows one that is this incredible action sequence held around the Arc de Triomphe that almost feels like the hands of a clock uh, ticking as the time ramps up for Jean Wick's demise. But interspersed between those two, there is just a phenomenal top-down view where we see the entire geography of a floor to a building, an apartment building, as John Wick runs around hiding, destroying, obliterating heads. It feels like almost the way that you can control like an old top-down action video game. You know, like those old uh, Max Payne Game Boy Advance games is the first ones I'm thinking of. But, you know, more stuff like your GTA 1 and 2s. Uh, and there are a few modern day action games that take that top down stance as well with like slow-mo action uh, bullet time shooting. This just felt like such an invigorating way to kind of get like the the way that John Wick moves within a space, which I think is such like a thesis to the action of Stahelski, which is all about space and movement and control of space and control of time and how one moves through them. It sounds like I'm talking about a freaking Richard Linklater movie at this point, but I think that just works so wonderfully in the way they capture this scene. It's a real testament to like how much builds that you don't even really need to see the faces in these moments it is all about like the grace of movement and it just works wonderfully that is just three action scenes that described to you in the last part of the film there are so many more that build up to it that just feel so freaking exciting that I just hope that this film's impact lasts longer and spreads further than the action film genre and more into like your adventure and superhero film genre because this shit needs to freaking I think I just get excited thinking about how this could possibly be topped because this feels like such a high watermark of where action cinema is and you just know it has to keep evolving and I hope it catches on beyond its current scope and its current scale because I kind of can't even imagine what is next. It's safe to say I absolutely loved John Wick Chapter 4. I think it's one of the great books ever put to cinema. And I, I'm going to have to give it a freaking high score. I'm going to go, God, gosh, gosh, am I crazy? Am I freaking crazy for doing this? Should I be crazy? I might be crazy. I'm going to, I'm insane. I'm going to give this four and a half stars. I loved it. It's the top of the franchise. It deserves a big score. John Wick Chapter 4 in cinemas now. Check it out. Guys, thank you so much for listening to my first solo podcast review. I've done maybe a couple of solos on the Patreon before, but not like this about a current day film. So do let me know if you want me to do more of these because it's kind of fun to just jump on and do. Uh, Maybe I went crazy the whole time. Maybe everything I said was a babbling mess, but you know what? I hope you were entertained and I hope your feasting for cinema was fed in a really 
delicious way. Otherwise, keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Alexi. I've got a couple of cool things coming up soon, so stay tuned for those. And hopefully some cool things from Cameron and I very soon as well that we'll be able to tell you about. Check out Cameron at the comedy festivals uh, that are happening around the country. He's doing freaking Melbourne. He's doing freaking Brisbane. He's doing freaking Sydney. So go see his show. It's really a tremendous, 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 really funny freaking show. Um, And quite emotional. It's an emotional show. And he's vulnerable. The fella is vulnerable. Uh, so check those out. We love and appreciate your support. If you want to chuck us a few bucks, you can head over to patreon.com slash totalreboot. And if you like this solo review, let me know what other movies you want me to chuck a little solo review out at the moment. I'll also see if you want to follow me on letterbox.com. I have been toying away with like a little vampire idea on my private time and I've been watching a lot of vampire movies. So I've got some good recommendations if you are into the creatures of the night. Uh, until next time, enjoy cinema because it is your sacred right as a being on this earth to watch movies, think about them, perhaps with a critical thought or perhaps with the mindless nature that some movies bring to you. But any way that you watch them, please do so with the spirit of me within you. (laughs) 